Hello, and welcome back to the Great Theatre Escape podcast. Uh, My name is Alexandra Hutchison. I'm your host. Uh, So this is the podcast where we discuss musical theatre, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Alexandra Hutchison, and the U in Hutchison is an X. That's H-X-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. And you can find Duncan Lang on Instagram at Duncan.Lang with two Gs. Um, you can also follow this podcast at on Instagram at the Great Theater Escape Podcast. We have an Instagram account now, and that's where you'll find updates about new episodes and all things related to the podcast. Um, today, we are talking about rock musicals with Duncan Lang. Duncan Lang is my colleague and friend at school. We're in the same year at Sheridan College's Bachelor of Musical Theater Performance Program. Um, so in this episode, we talked about rock musicals. Now, this episode had a lot of technical issues in terms of audio, so you're going to hear roughly eight minutes into our conversation through to the end of it, but that means that you're missing some of the backstory right before we start talking, so I'll fill you in right now. Um, We are discussing how Hair is often considered to be the first rock musical, and usually it's considered the beginning of rock musicals as we know it. In those same eight minutes, we were talking about how Duncan found his way into rock musicals and musicals in general, um, and that was mostly from a rock music lens. So Duncan grew up listening to rock music. When he found Green Day, it led him into finding American Idiot, the show, uh, and that's kind of how he got into musical theater and into musicals, and especially into rock musicals. Uh, Yeah, let's get into some rock musicals. So right off the top of what you're going to hear, we're discussing uh, Oklahoma and how orchestration can define whether or not something is a rock musical. Uh, So all you need to know about for that going in is that we were discussing kind of whether or not Oklahoma's revival from 2019 could be considered a rock musical because of the orchestration. If Hair is the first rock musical, as a lot of people kind of agree, Mm -hmm. it is. That's sort of generally where it starts. Yeah, like rock musicals start with Hair and kind of go till now, but evolve over time, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're starting with Hair, Hair is also one of those shows that is part of the generation of shows where it was being amplified for the first time. People are wearing mics on stage, there's like mics on the ground and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Um, And so you, the vocal requirement is different, which means you can sing rock music because you can sing over electric instruments. Oh, 100%. Because the whole thing is that, like, before we had amplification in musical theater, yeah. you had to be vocally strong enough to sing over an entire instrument, or at least over an entire, like, pit band, you yeah, know? Yeah, because that pit band can get loud, mm-hmm. so, you know, you've got to be, you got to have yeah. the support for it. Yeah, which is where we get all of that, those, like, more legit, quote-unquote, sounds with, like, Oklahoma and shows that came before then, where you had to sing over a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot even, of instruments. even sort of, just as you said, Oklahoma, it popped into my mind, the recent revival of Oklahoma yeah. with uh, Rebecca Naomi Jones, and I can't remember the guy who played Curly's name. Yeah. It used a lot more, like, perhaps country-oriented bluegrass elements in it when I was listening to it. Which means they're using completely different instruments than the original. Yeah, it's a completely new band. It's a completely new sound. And having... Because I didn't really know Oklahoma as a show before coming to Sheridan. And basically, when I first listened to, like, the original cast compared to the... Uh, the new revival cast that was just on Broadway, mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, I mean, I can see why people would like the original. I'm personally more drawn to the other one. The the 2019. Yeah, yeah, I'm personally more drawn to it just because of the vocal stylings and the band, perhaps. Totally. But 
I mean, I feel like I have a unique experience with Oklahoma just because I, did, I never heard the music before last year and first year charity. Right, and I'm, I'm in the same boat, so I yeah, totally understand. Yeah, I never heard it before. And then I did one of the songs in one of my classes. I mm-hmm. did Many New Day in uh, MTP, and I literally never heard the original version of Lori singing that song. Right. But the only version I had heard before then was the Rebecca Naomi Jones version, which mm-hmm. has completely different vocal stylisms, completely different orchestration. And in my brain, I was like, this is so much better. This sounds so much more exciting and stuff. Totally. But I think that's also partly just because we've been, like, raised on that music a bit more. Yeah. Like, I, as a kid, never listened to, like, legit musicals. You it's know? almost like a conditioning. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. For the lack of way... a better term, it's almost like a conditioning because you're brought up with listening to that stuff on, you know, your local radio station. Yeah. You and, hear it and everywhere. Exactly. And I feel like I never really, like caught on to Green Day, but I did hear their music, like, I know their songs. Yeah, you know? like, they were definitely Especially, like, popular. the big, the big, like, hooks and stuff, like, Boulevard of Broken Dreams and all that stuff. You like, heard I all know, the big singles. I know all the big ones. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a fan, because I just, I don't no, know. No, of course, you know, but, but, like... Um, that sound, that quality of, like, electric instruments and, like, more mixy belt type of vocal yeah. stuff, that is always what I've been drawn to, mm-hmm. especially because I, one of the main reasons I got back into musical theater as a teenager was Hamilton. Yeah, uh, And so, like, that's definitely the sound that I'm automatically drawn to. But, like, because of the way that the instruments work together, you get a kind of a different story when you see the, the revival. Oh, 100%. Versus, uh, like, a more to the script kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Damon Dauno. Yes, that's his name. Uh, Rebecca Naomi Jones as Laurie. Patrick Vale as Judd Fry. And Ali Schroker, of course, as Ado Annie. And yes, we love The her. list goes on, but... Those are the main ones, you know. Yeah, they're the um, big players. Here. <laughs> the the big, the big four. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was just like, what is so like, what is so interesting about rock musicals? Like, why are they so different? Well, I feel like that ties into what we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, I was gonna bring it back to the whole accessibility thing because right. you know you definitely have music by people that the general public is familiar with. So you have shows like. Um, Taboo, which is all the music of, like, Boy George and right. Culture Club. You have We Will Rock You. It's mm-hmm. all Queen. Yeah. Uh, American Idiot, Green Day. You know, you have yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think seeing... It's it's almost, to me... I'm sort of going off on a bit of a tangent here. It's okay, okay, go for it. Um, it's almost, to me, like how when a regular... I use quotations again. Regular Broadway show, whatever that is. <laughs> um brings on, like, a big celebrity name mm-hmm. for a show. So, like, Hugh Jackman doing The Music Man. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very similar situation. It's a big name, right? Yeah. So people are going to be like, oh, there's a musical with the music of The Who? I listened to that when I was yeah. growing up. Let me go watch Tommy. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very similar situation to me. Because I was, um, I remember I was trying to help a, like, local theater um, group that I had worked with for maybe about five years pick their next uh, show and they were starting up a teen company mm-hmm. and I, I started bringing up the idea of the rock musical because of course teens like to explore at least from what I know uh, you know this isn't the case for every teenager out there but it was mm-hmm. definitely the case for me and my core group of friends in like yeah. high school we, we like to explore some of that older music and a lot of that stuff fell under the category of classic rock so you have stuff like the who's tommy that was that was a big thing for me in high school Mm -hmm. realizing that you know 
it's it's really cool how all of these bands are able to bring their music further than just a concert stage. Yeah. Because I also, I was just thinking about this, was like, what's the difference between a jukebox musical and a rock musical? And I mean, there is some overlap, but I don't think every jukebox musical is a rock musical. Oh, not every jukebox you know? musical is a rock musical. And not musical. every rock musical is a jukebox musical. Exactly. Because you have things like... in Jagged ju- Little Pill. In the jukebox like- musical area, you have things like Crazy For You, which is all mm-hmm. like the music of the Gershwins. Yeah. Uh, and then in the, like, rock musical area, you have things like, perhaps, Jesus Christ Superstar, you mm-hmm. have Heathers, you have Be More Chill, you have all yeah. that stuff. It's not music that people were familiar with before the show came out, but they became bigger songs, specifically mm-hmm. referring to stuff like Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, Phantom of the Opera, even, to an extent. Uh, yeah, to with, an extent. <laughs> to an extent, mostly because of the age it came out in. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more electronic instruments being used in yeah. the orchestra and yeah. whatnot. Like, if you listen to the big duet from the show, you know, Phantom yeah. of the Opera, there's a lot of, like, electronic drums, drum totally. kits. Um, you have some synth work going on in there. Electric yeah. guitar is used. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And when I saw... Because I saw the revival of Phantom when it was touring and yeah. it came to Toronto... And I remember, because that was the first time I had ever listened to Phantom at all, mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and I was like, there's a lot more, perhaps, mainstream instruments being used in this than I thought possible. Because, yeah. you know, Phantom of the Opera, what's one of the big words that sticks out in that title is opera, so you immediately think <laughs> yeah. classical, right? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, I, the other thing is that, like, when I'm thinking jukebox musical, I don't necessarily always think of a rock jukebox musical. No, of course. You know, where, like, because you have things like Mamma Mia, which isn't rock, but it is jukebox. Yeah, and of you course. Have it falls like, more under, like, disco. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, once. Yeah, but then you do have overlap with things like Jagged Little Pill and all the ones you were just yeah. saying. Um, the other thing I'm kind of curious about is, like, what is the kind of, like, what is what is the form of a rock musical? You know, because... See, I think that can vary. Like, there's, there's yeah. tons of ways <laughs> because, rock musicals so can many, be performed, right? Same way that there's so many kinds of, like, regular musicals or, like, classical musicals or musicals from the 30s. Like, there's so many variations. Exactly. That, like, there's also that many variations exactly. in rock music. Exactly. The other thing is there's so many types of rock music that not every single rock musical will have the same sound. Like, you're saying there's classic rock, there's punk rock, there's of course. all of the things that there's you could so think of. There's so many different sh- sub-genres that I think, mm-hmm. you know... So many different musicals that we look at now could be considered a yeah. quote unquote rock musical. Yeah, I feel like it's almost that the like the the language we use to describe rock musicals has to change based on what era you're talking about. Exactly. So like, a, mu- a rock musical quote unquote from like the '60s is so different from what we would call a rock musical now mm-hmm. because so much more of the stylisms and vocal quality that we use in musical theater is, like, the same as rock music from, like, the 80s, yes, you know? Exactly. Like, the range of types of rock has gotten wider yes. and has encompassed more types of pop music and popular music that, like, the instruments we use isn't always a clear definition. Like, not every musical that has an electric guitar is a rock musical. Exactly. Because most musicals now have an electric guitar. Yeah, for you know? sure. It's it's always in the pit now somewhere, right? Yeah, or, like, not everything with a synth is a, is a, is a rock musical because exactly. so many shows use synth. So, like... The, the lens, or the, the kind of, the net that we use to, like, collect all the rock musicals has to get a bit smaller to make it more unique. Or not even that, just, like, 
It has to get smaller so it becomes more specific. Right. Because, like, Mean Girls, you could call a rock musical, maybe. Technically If speaking. the net is really wide. For sure. So, but but I feel like calling Mean Girls a rock musical doesn't really explain what Mean Girls would sound like. Exactly. You know? Like, that doesn't really give me an image of what the music might be or what the set might look like. Mm-hmm. And I would say, if you say Mean Girls is a rock musical, someone's going to have a very different picture in their head of what yeah, the soundtrack Yeah, someone would is. definitely disagree with you. On yeah, that one, I would sure. disagree with me on that. Of course, and <laughs> you, know? you know everybody's gonna have a differing opinion on what makes a rock musical a rock musical. Exactly. Like a lot of people would probably just stick to the idea that perhaps the genre of rock and roll as a whole it needs to be rock if it's going to be a rock musical. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think personally, it's a more general term. Yeah. That okay. sort of encompasses things like some jukebox musicals it encompasses some like quote-unquote rock musicals like heather's jesus christ superstar all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff it's it's to me the way the music is written and formed that makes a rock musical a rock musical right so more to do with maybe like song form yeah exactly because i mean you look at something like sweeney todd for example, like right. just, or any Sondheim musical for that matter. Yeah. You have, you have these big, long, like seven minute songs that go through like an A, B, A, B, C, A, B, C, B prime kind of form. Yeah. And it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. And to the casual listener, they might just go, oh, this is strange and new and weird and I don't really want to spend time on it. Mm-hmm. But like, why listen to it? And then you have something like say, Jagged Little Pill, Mm -hmm. where Alanis Morissette's music is more structured first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus. Yeah, which is, which is like you were saying, more accessible. Which is definitely more accessible, and it's more like the stuff you'd be hearing on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, even shows that aren't based on jukebox musicals, or who aren't jukebox musicals, but are just based on, like, the rock music genre. Yeah, of course. Like, they still follow that form of, like, Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, Or they follow some semblance of that concept, right? Some variation, maybe, or, like, not every song is like that, but certainly, like, group numbers would follow that form. Of course, Like, big ensemble numbers, things like that, that would always kind of help pull the maybe less practiced theatergoer into understanding what's happening. For sure. I think this is especially true with shows where um, they're not necessarily, like... uh, Mo- the very complicated, like story-wise, mm-hmm. where there's not too much to follow. The the main point is kind of just fun. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like, not that that's a bad thing. I love a good fun musical. But, oh, of course, um, a good fluff piece. Never yeah, heard we anybody. love fluff. Um, where like <laughs> the story isn't that heavy. There's not like too much going on dramatically in terms of like emotions that characters are feeling. Nothing is that dark. Yeah, but you still get the kind of like the songs that are fun. Kind of catchy. I feel like Heather's maybe falls in this category where, like, it For is sure. dark, but it's, like, dark humor, so it's not it's, actually... It's a dark comedy, right? Yeah, so, it's not I that mean, heavy. So, I mean, there's definitely bits of, you know, fluff here and there. You yeah. get songs like, uh, perhaps, My Dead Gay Son. It yeah. takes It takes a moment of tragedy and turns it into this... Like yeah. kooky gospel. Yeah, or right? like think think what's it called? Big fun is that the song? Big where fun. The yes, party? At the party. That is such a like verse, chorus, chorus, chorus. Yeah, like very... just like let's just dance kind of a song. And then also which is easy to follow. Just sort of going off of that same uh, thing. There's shine a light, which is yeah. You know, it's supposed to be at least in the context of the film, 
Miss Fleming comes into the gym or the cafeteria, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get all the students to talk about their feelings and about yeah. how they, you know, don't want to commit suicide and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they turn it into this big, stupid, fun number. Yeah, right? and it's... But the, the the idea that, like, that really kind of very dark situation where a teacher has to come and talk to the students who have just had a classmate die. Exactly. Like, that is a pretty dark scenario. And Shine a Light is an interesting example of this <laughs> because there's a reprise directly after yes. with Heather McNamara and Heather Duke where Heather Duke is basically twisting the entire idea of the song and turning it completely on its head. And she's trying to give McNamara the opposite message. Mm-hmm. And it's so insane how this big fun group number can be turned into some weird, creepy, minor, go-end-your-life type number. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's also, um, I feel like, yeah, the whole, the whole accessibility thing where, like, if you're watching that show, maybe even not having known the movie, like, you're still getting chorus, a little bit of verse for, like, some, some kind of... Yeah. I'm pretty sure the song kind of goes, like... Shine, 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 a light. And then there's, like, someone will say something about how they're finding the light. And then they go, shine, 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 a light. And then they say another thing. Exactly. And so you get that kind of easy, like, popcorn-style verse. It's a super easy motif to understand and recall. Exactly. And so then, like, when you're watching that, or any show similar where they use the same kind of idea of, like, using a rock or pop form to tell a story... It's so easy for a like non-practice theater goer to understand. I think that's kind of the beauty of rock musicals is that especially if it's a musician you already know, like you're mm-hmm. saying, it's American Idiot, or um, a form you already know, or instruments you recognize, voices that you can sing along to, mm-hmm. all of that stuff kind of factors in to make rock musicals really like a public thing. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's also something interesting to be said here for like the idea of high and low art because for a very long time Broadway musicals were like low art. Yeah, and they weren't sure. really like considered complicated or like depth. Yeah, it was, was all very simple. It was all yeah. very popular, baseline. but like popular, but kind of like fluffy. You know yes. that it's uh, it's like making fun of people who listen to like pop music kind of very, thing. You very know where you're like, this isn't that interesting. It's not that complicated. Yeah. No one put that much thought into this, but like it's fun. So let's go see a musical. Exactly. I feel like rock musicals, in a weird way, emphasize that, but in the best way, where like there are they're fun or they're like not super complicated musically or mm-hmm. like all this stuff where you're like, haha, I can just sing along. It's catchy. Right. But of course there is a lot of depth to rock musicals, yeah. especially when you're orchestrating a, like a score that has already been written and already exists based on someone else's yes. um, like entire discography. So when you're orchestrating that, there is so much thought put into like, how are we, do we want synth on this? Do we not want synth on this? Should exactly. we add violins? Exactly. Should we add harp? You know, like, well, How that's, that's the whole it? thing, right? How do you keep the source material intact while bringing it to a new audience? Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of a good note to end on, actually, I think, because that is the beauty of a rock musical, is that it's the same material you know and love, or the same genre you know and love, but put in the context of a musical so that you can see it in a new light. Exactly. With a story that you've never heard before, or uh, something along those lines where, like, there's more information added to it to make the songs mean more or that's make them precisely material mean it. more. And I think that's all for today. Thank you so much, Duncan, for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. This was a blast. This was okay. fun. Yeah, okay. Great. Um, that's it. Okay, bye. Bye.